party people in the place to be you are now in the midst of a real mc throw your hands in the air if you're real as me Welcome, 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 and welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. It's your boy, Jalen, and last week was pretty heavy with football. We got the schedules, we saw who's going up against who, uh, that was pretty exciting, and that's what we're going to talk about. We're not going to go through the whole schedule uh, this episode because that, I mean, I'm pretty sure that the person in, I mean, the person in Cleveland doesn't care about what Washington's doing, the person in Washington doesn't really care about what New England is going to go through. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you my top 11. I, I don't know if you guys realize this about me, but I like lists. So I'm going to go over my top 11 games of the year. Now, as we know, all of them can change. Uh, some teams can be a lot better than we thought. Some teams can be a lot worse than we thought. The standings can be a lot closer than we thought, you know, closer to week 17. But I'm going to talk about, at least of right now, my top 11 games, and I'm going to give you a little bit of reason why they're my top 11. I'm also going to give you five franchises, five NFL franchises. That's Jacksonville, Cincinnati, Washington, the Jets, and the Texans, and how we can fix those franchises. I feel some of them are better than others, hence, hence, Texans, better than Jacksonville, but I'm going to talk how we can fix them and how we can get them to at least serviceable levels. Um, some some of them are going to be a little easier than others, but we'll, we'll, we'll fix it. Uh, I'm also going to give you my takeaways from episode 7 and episode 8 of The Last Dance. And I'm going to talk about the Bleacher Reports starting five of the of the eras or decades that, that we're going to talk about. But let's start with the season, uh, the NFL season, the schedule. So, oh, and we're also going to talk about the UFC uh, that was pretty exciting, and, and, and we'll talk about that. But, again, let's start off with the NFL. So the schedule, like I said, comes came out last week. And that that was such that's, that's, that's such a big day for a lot of NFL fans and a lot of sports fans because you get to see who, which your, who your team will be going up against. As we know, the NFL schedule is not like the NBA schedule or not like really much, pretty much any sports schedule. You don't play everybody. You don't play everybody. So the Ravens aren't going to always play the Redskins or the, the Saints aren't always going to play the Cowboys. Like it's you, you don't always play the same people. And it's very exciting to see which, who your team is, especially for the fans, who your team goes against and kind of do like a win-loss of the season. And again, while I'm not going to go over the entire schedule, what I want to do is I want to I'm going to give you guys six I mean no 11 games that I feel are the most I don't know most important uh, best games to look out for I'm going to talk about them and I'm going to start with week one right off the bat you have the Saints at the Bucks no I'm sorry you have the Bucks at the Saints as we know we've all been you know you've heard on this podcast you've heard it everywhere if you're a sports fan Tom Brady went from the Patriots to the Bucks and. While I do think that the schedule was did Tom Brady and the Bucks a lot of favors, seeing as though most of their most of their first five or six games outside of Week One will be at home and will be against lesser talent. They didn't pull any punches Week One going against the Saints, as we know the Saints have been a, a play away 
from the Super Bowl at least three times in a row or three years in a row. And when you have, you know, two of the older quarter, two of the oldest quarterbacks and Tom Brady and uh, Drew Brees going against each other and Tom Brady being on a new team, that is always going to be a box office hit, uh, especially how good Drew Brees has been, especially how good and uh, Tom Brady's been. That is, we're not only are we going to see how Tom Brady and the Bucks fare, especially with this whole situation going on with the, the world and, and Corona and everything. The training camps are going to be shortened. Uh, preseason might be shortened. We don't know. So we're really excited to see, I'm really excited to see how the Bucks go up against a Saints team where a lot of people think that they're just a play away or a person away from making it to the Super Bowl. And when you, you know, yes, yes, Jameis Winston is not going to be, we, the Saints hope he's not going to be playing. But, you know, when you bring Jameis Winston in, you know, it's, it's just a new dynamic. Every year is a new dynamic, of course, but it's a new dynamic, especially with Tom Brady and the Bucks. It's, it's a new dynamic. And I think that we as fans are, are excited to see how they how they're going to fare with each against each other and how the, how Tom Brady is going to look with the Bucks uniform. You know, I remember when LeBron James uh went from Cleveland to LA and and the whole summer I was like, "Yo, I I want to know what Tom Brady, I mean what LeBron James looks like in a in a Lakers jersey." And of course, after the first game and and after finally seeing it on media day, it was just like, "Ah, that looks weird, but you know, it fits." I think everybody is re- is ready to see what Tom Brady looks like in a Bucks jersey and how he's going to fare against, you know, with his new team, not being with Bill Belichick, not being with the Patriots. I think that's all that's all ex- we're all ready to see that. And week 1 doesn't pull any punches cuz you're going against one of the top, well, one of the top teams in the league which we've seen the last uh 3 or 4 years in the Saints. The next game, I go I go to week 3. And I go for the Chiefs at the Ravens. As we know, the Ravens were probably the best team in the entire league in the regular season. And as we also know, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl last year. While I don't know how... We, we always see... You can either go one of two ways. Especially as having as good a season as both of them did. You can either continue to elevate or continue to to exude greatness, or you can take a step back. When you like like look at the 2015 uh, Panthers, 2015 Panthers with Cam Newton was incredible. They went to the Super Bowl. Yes, they lost to the Broncos, but their their offense was on incredible pace. Their defense was on incredible pace, and you saw that that team looked like they were prime for years and years to come of 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 dominance. However, next year they didn't even, I don't even, I don't even think they made the playoffs. Same thing as the the Atlanta Hawks, not Atlanta Hawks. <laughs> the Atlanta uh Falcons. That one year Matt Ryan I think it was 2016, incredible year. Matt Ryan wins the MVP. The Atlanta Atlanta Falcons offense was incredible. Go to the Super Bowl, you lose. The Atlanta Falcons ain't been really ain't ain't really been nothing to snuff at since do I think that the Ravens are going to fall off a map no I think the Ravens have 
the, a better chance this year to, to win the Super Bowl than they did last year. You know, with the the moves that they did in the draft, the moves that, that they did in free agency, I think they have a better chance than ever. And this, to me, are right now currently constructed. This matchup is of the two best uh, quarterbacks in the league with Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. I think Patrick Mahomes is a little better, but I, I'm excited to see that. This, this to me is a high power, and, and it's great that it's week three because. Yeah, you would maybe wanted to push it back, maybe week six, week seven, but these both teams should be hopefully will be fresh. Both teams will be relatively healthy, and we're going to see that high the high powered offense that the both teams have against the high powered defense that both teams have. Like both teams are exciting, and both teams to me these are the two top teams that I that should I, I believe. Sitting here currently now, will meet each other in the AFC Championship. But yeah, it's exciting that we're getting this week three. Uh, next, I'm going to move to week six. I'm going to move to Ravens at Eagles. The Eagles, we know how the Eagles. What happened to the Eagles last year? They they were decimated with injury from Carson Wentz to pretty much their whole offensive line to their pretty much their whole defense was decimated by injury, and a lot of people before the season started, had them making it and winning the Super Bowl. Now, I think I want to see, of course, how the Ravens fare against the Eagles and how the Eagles, fully healthy, actually stack up against top talent. Because, again, a lot of people expected them a year uh, a year ago to make it to the Super Bowl. And if it wasn't for injuries, a lot of people thought they would. I want to see if Carson Wentz really is on the same level right now as Lamar Jackson. I want to see... You know, is it just was was that year that you know Nick Foles and the Eagles won the Super Bowl? Was that just a, a, a one-off year, or are the Eagles? The Eagles make a lot of good moves. Yeah, I don't. I, I, let me say this: they make a lot of good moves in the offseason. I don't know what happened in the draft, but they make a lot of they made a lot of good moves, and they continue to make a lot of good moves. Their front office is is, is pretty good, so I want to see how they fare against the top team and. You know, the the NFC East is going to beat up on each other. You know, the Redskins, the uh, Cowboys, the the Eagles, and the Giants—they're all going to beat up on each other. So it's it's how do you fare against you know outside of your division? And I want to know how they fare against to, to me one of the best teams, if not the best team that we'll see this year. So week three, uh, my third game is I'm sorry, week six, Ravens at Eagles. Uh, the next one is going to be also in week six, or the next game is also in week six, which is the Packs at the Buccaneers. To me, one thing that we have been robbed of as fans are multiple uh, games with Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Now, yes, I believe that both of them are kind of on the back nine of their careers but I do think that they're both serviceable they're both pretty good and I I, I want to see two of the two you know two of the arguably be, I want to see arguably two of the best quarterbacks to ever play in the league go against each other of course we know Aaron Rodgers how great he is I mean of course we know the accomplishments and how great Tom Brady is I just want to see that and, and the, the fact that it's it's week six 
Um, you're going two bucks. You have to go that deep. Now, of course, it's offense. It's not offense against offense, but I want to see how they how they go against each other. Last time we saw it, it was an epic game. I believe that the 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 Patriots won like with the last second uh, game winning drive. But you know, it, it's an epic game, especially when you when you have Aaron Rodgers against Tom Brady. Uh, and, and again, I'm still on the fence because I remember last time we saw Tom Brady, it didn't look too good. So I'm, I'm still on the fence about how he's going to fare, how he's going to do. But I am excited. And weeks and my next game that to looking to look forward to is Week Six, the Bucks. I mean, the Packers at the Bucks. Next game to look forward to is Week Seven, Seattle at the Cardinals. I think. I mean, we always know that since they're division rivals, we also we always know how the Cardinals against the Seahawks do. Uh, I want to see the match, you know, how Kyler Murray improves from year one to year two, especially going against his quote-unquote quarterback comp in Russell Wilson. We all know Russell Wilson is one of the, I'm going to say it, Russell Wilson is one of the greatest quarterbacks that ever played the game. From his elusiveness to his um, make-a-play ability, like he is one of the greatest we've ever seen. And I know people might think that's a hot take, but if you really look at the numbers and really look at the production, like in his first, what, four years, he is a Super Bowl champion and he was a one-yard line stupid play away from being a two-time Super Bowl champion. I am, ex- and we always know that the Cardinals and the Seahawks, because they're, you know, division rivals, they always, it's always a good game. It's always, a, it's not, you, you can never really say, oh, well, the Cardinals are, I mean, or the Seahawks are way better than the Cardinals, so they're going to win automatically. You don't know that because how they play each other, it's always, it's always, it's always different, man. It's kind of like the Redskins and the Cowboys. If you look on paper, the Cowboys usually are, are always better than the Redskins, but to me, you, you know, you always throw that out because they're, they're, they're rivals and, you know, you always play your best with your rival. So that's, you know, and I'm excited to see how uh, DeAndre Hopkins is going to fare with Kyler Murray and the the Cardinals offense, Bruce Arians offense. And I'm excited to see, how, look, man, I'm not going to lie to you. I want Russell Wilson to do good. I want the Seahawks to do good. Yes, I'm a, I'm a Washington fan since I'm from the DMV, but I want Russell Wilson and I want the Seahawks to do good because I know how good Russell Wilson is, and I also know that the talent around him isn't really the best. So I want to see if this is the year that they can they can put it together. Uh, again, I know that they are they've been to Super Bowl twice with Russell Wilson. They've won one, but with a guy that talented, I kind of like uh, with with Aaron Rodgers. That's what a lot of people look at him a little weird. It's like you're that good, yet you've only been to one Super Bowl. Same thing as um, Drew Brees. You're that good, but you only have one Super Bowl win. I want to see players like that, to me, our top echelon ever, go to, you know, be successful. At least go to another Super Bowl. So, I know I kind of went on a tangent there, but my next, the game that I just talked about will be Week 7, Seahawks at Cardinals. The next game... To, uh, will be week eight, 49ers at Seahawks. I think that, the, I mean, as we know, the 49ers sh- were in the Super Bowl last year, and I feel like they played well enough for, they played well enough till the end 
to actually win the Super Bowl. It's just they didn't they didn't run through the tape. And as we know, even and we saw last year, one of the best games that we saw was the 49ers against the Seahawks. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo in that font defense against Russell Wilson and his craftiness. I think we're going to see uh, more of that this year. Uh, and and I'm, I'm excited to see, as, as we just talked about a little earlier, the Super Bowl losing teams, they either... Are they either continue to be good or they just fall off the map? Like I said, you when you look at the Super Bowl losing teams in recent memory, you have the 2015 Carolina Panthers. Right now, their quarterback is Teddy Bridgewater. Not saying he's bad, but come on now. The Atlanta Falcons they haven't been good. They haven't been right. I think the the ne- the year after they were a play away. No, the either two years after they were like a play away from being. In the Super Bowl, I mean, being in like the NFC Championship, but they have they've they've dealt with turmoil and coaching changes, player change. They've dealt with a lot since they've lost uh, the Eagles. Like I said, they well they won, and the next year they just fell off the map because of injury. So I want to see how the 49ers bounce back, and I want to see uh, how how how. If the excitement or the the game, the level of the game will be the same as it's been the last few years when we talk about the 49ers against the Seahawks. Uh, the next next game will be week nine, Packers at 49ers. And this is solely for the Packers. The last what few time, the last two times they've played, the 49ers have destroyed the Packers. I think one game was like eight to thirty seven. The next game was like twenty to thirty seven. It's like these games have not been close. And to me, when you're talk when you talk about the upper echelon of teams, and we talk about the Packers, a lot of people year after year after year continue to put the Packers as one of the top teams and a team that could win the Super Bowl. Well, I don't think you can win a Super Bowl if you're getting smacked by the 49ers all the time. And I'm not gonna say all the time, but from recent years, you've been getting smacked by the 49ers. And yeah, the 49ers to me is a better team than the Packers, but I want to see if, and we've seen it time and time again, I want to see if Aaron Rodgers can propel them past a, a team like the Packers, I mean, uh, like the 49ers. As we saw last year in the AFC, no, NFC Championship, it was not even close. Like, <laughs> they they got, they destroyed them, and it's, to me, this game is is significant again more for the Packers than the 49ers because I want to see like we continue to say are the Packers you know one of those top teams yet they continue to get mollywopped year after year by a top team like the 49ers or I remember one year they got destroyed by the the Falcons like I want to continue I want to see you know is this the team that we're we're is this the team that we we could feel confident in saying that they are Super Bowl caliber teams? So or Super Bowl caliber team. So that is week eight, week nine, Packers against the 49ers. The next next game will be week eleven, the Titans at the Ravens. As we know, the Ravens were on his the Ravens were historically great last year. Lamar Jackson winning uh offensive MVP. No, winning MVP in total. You know, the Ravens were, to me, I thought the Ravens were clearly the best team. Well, and to me, 
stats wise and and just on paper and look in eye test the ravens were clear cut the best team in the regular season and i thought that was going to translate to the playoffs and they would just steamroll until they got some maybe the chiefs or something in the playoffs that was not the case <laughs> they steamroll in the regular it kind of like the the uh the golden state warriors in in a, in, a, in a certain sense you win 73 games Go all the way to the championship. You come back from 3-1 against the Oklahoma City Thunder. And you lose after being up 3-1 against the, the, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, a lot of people say, yeah, you don't want to discount the 73-9 wins. But does it really matter? Does it really count? Because at the end of the day, it doesn't mean a thing. You don't got a ring. That's what Scottie Pippen and the Bulls said. When you look at last year, the Ravens, they broke so many records. They broke, Lamar Jackson broke the rushing record. Um, The Ravens' offense was record-breaking. The Ravens' defense was record-breaking. Yet, they lose to the Titans, and I think that's going to be a revenge game. We want to see how Vrabel does again. Um, Is Ryan Tannehill the guy? They paid him like he's the guy. Uh, Will he be able to, to duplicate and will him and Derrick Henry be able to duplicate what they did against the Ravens a year ago? So that's that's exciting. I want to see that, and I want to know. Uh, you know, it, it's a revenge game. And I, while I wouldn't have said the Titans is is the Ravens' biggest match, but that's one of the Ravens' biggest matchup outside of the the Week Three. And I, I'm excited to see how it is. So that is Week Eleven: the Titans at the Ravens. Uh, my next game is Week Twelve, Chiefs at Bucks. That you know, when you're talking, that's Patrick Mahomes against Tom Brady. When you're talking about upper echelon teams, and you're talking about upper echelon quarterbacks, this is as good as it gets. You have Tom Brady against the Patrick Mahomes. You have Super Bowl winning team or Super Bowl defending champions against Tom Brady and the new look Bucks. Uh, I- I'm excited to see it. I mean, there's not really much to talk about. Tom Brady against Patrick Mahomes. That's always going to be exciting. Now, maybe back in the day, that would have been a little more exciting if Tom Brady was a little younger. But I still want to see how much Tom Brady has because, I mean, hell, he's the greatest quarterback ever, and I and I want to see, I want to see what he has left. So that is Week Twelve, Chiefs at Broncos, and then I have Week Thirteen, uh, the Cowboys at the Ravens. This is why this is to me this game and these two teams is why. Jerry Jones is hesitant to pay Dak. I think the game's like this. It's like you see players like Patrick Mahomes. You see players like Lamar Jackson. You see players like Russell Wilson. Hell, you can even go... Uh, you, you see players like Kyler Murray. You see players like Aaron Rodgers. And those teams are confident with their quarterback. And while I'll say I feel Dak Prescott has... Okay, let me say this. I don't think Dak Prescott is a top 10 quarterback in the league. That's just me. I don't think Dak Prescott is a top-tier quarterback. That's just me. But when you look at the numbers, when you look at the success that Dak Prescott has, he's done more than enough to solidify himself as uh, a franchise quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. Yet, they still have questions on are they going to pay him or not. Now, again... I have I feel a certain way about Dak Prescott, but I do feel he deserves his money because when you look at the market, unless you now trust Andy Dalton as your starting quarterback, 
you want to pay the man that's gotten you where he's gotten you. Like a lot of people think Dak Prescott can be a court, uh, Super Bowl winning quarterback. Well, no, let me say this. A lot of people think that the Cowboys can be a Super Bowl winning team, and you should pay Dak Prescott like he's one of the top quarterbacks because that's what he means to your franchise. When I look at Dak Prescott, I kind of I look at Draymond Green. Draymond Green anywhere else would not be as important as he is to Golden State. To me, Dak Prescott will not be as good or as important anywhere else in the league than he is to the Cowboys. The Cowboys have a, a historic offensive line. They have Amari Cooper. Now they have CeeDee Lamb. They have uh, Michael Gallup. They have a defense. The Dak Prescott is vitally important to the Cowboys. I think that he will. I think that is his perfect place, and he has done what he needs to do for the Cowboys. Yet they're still hesitant to pay him, and I think it's because when you look at some of the big games and look at you know the way the, the seasons have ended the last two years, you wonder like, okay, maybe I want more from Dak Prescott. Well, this is the game. These games like this are what you look for. You're going against a top team in the Ravens. You're going against a top defense in the Ravens. You're going against a top quarterback like Lamar Jackson. You want to see if Dak Prescott can hold his own. Now we've seen against uh, teams like the Bills, he didn't. He didn't really. He didn't really show out. You see against the the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, he didn't really show out. So this is. Do I think Dak Prescott deserves to be paid? Yes. Do I think he will probably get paid? Yes. But. This these games right here, week thirteen, the Cowboys at the Ravens are, are, are what you look for, are what you see. Like, okay, this is this is who we're seeing. This is why we're, we're we want to see if if he's on the same playing field as a quarterback like Lamar Jackson. While I don't think he is, can he hold his own? Because on paper, both these teams are 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 at least close to each other in terms of talent. So, can Dak Prescott get us over the hump? So yeah, uh, and and the last game is Week 15, uh, which are the Saint. I mean the Chiefs at the Saints. I I think this is an important game because I think this could be a Super Bowl uh, a Super Bowl caliber or Super Bowl caliber matchup. You have the Chiefs defending champions. You have the Saints. Like I said, they've been like a play away the last three years from making it to the Super Bowl, and. I, I think that when you look at the landscape of the NFC, the NFC, you know, you have Tom Brady and the Bucks now. You still have Green Bay. You still have the the 49ers. Ooh, yeah. You still have the the Seahawks. And we want to know, you know, the Saints continue to be close to the top of that list and again, like last year, like the when when, when the Saints went against all the top teams, they either were really close or they beat the top teams. I want to know how they fare, you know, I, I, this to me can be a possible, can definitely be a possible Super Bowl, Super Bowl caliber matchup, and I want to see how it is, so, you know, th- those are my top, what, 11 games uh, of the season, I'm excited, man, uh, of course, I'm a Washington fan, and Washington, we have some pretty big games, we have Thanksgiving on, on the Cowboy uh, against the Cowboys, I'm excited to see how Chase Young does, you know, this season. I'm excited to see a lot of things about the Washington. Um, I do. I think that the Washington is as a playoff team. Maybe not right now. Probably, definitely not right now. 
it, it really depend, determines on how we do, you know, with the pieces around Dwayne Haskins and how Dwayne Haskins does in general. But, you know, uh, I'm excited to see it. But moving on, actually, I told you guys I'm going to pick five franchises, the the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Washington Redskins, the New York Jets, and the Houston Texans. And I'm going to give you three ways on how these teams can can be better. Now, of course, I'm going to do next week I'm going to do the NBA. And I'm going to do five teams in the NBA and how they can change but or how they can improve their franchise. But let's first start off with Jacksonville. What? 2016, I believe, Jacksonville was a half away from being in the Super Bowl. You had, you know, Jalen Ramsey. You had the talent to be in the Super Bowl. You just, you know, <laughs> you just didn't make it. And ever since then, it has been down. It has not even downhill sledding. It has been a. You remember that uh, the game, the 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 tower, the drop tower at, at like Six Flags or something. That's what it's been like. It has not been pretty at all for the for the Jacksonville Jaguars and it, and that kind of goes to my first my my number one way how to fix the Jaguars a know what you want to be you bring in Tom Coughlin because you, you you feel like you have a lot of youth on the team and you want somebody that is uh like a dictorian and and no holds bar really rigid okay if you want to do that then as you see, it didn't work. You had you had player fighting. Uh, you had fight. You know, players fighting. You had Jalen Ramsey. He's gone. You had uh, Blake Bortles. He's gone. Well, he's trash, but he's gone. You have, most of your team is 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 gone, and now you have players like Leonard Fournette that's pretty much going and talking against the team. It's like know what you want to be. Do you want to be a run team? Do you want to be a young team? Do you want to be a pass first team? Now that you bring in, you know, well, you pay the foes now he's gone, but do you want to be a pass first team? Because if you want to be a pass first team, you have a quarterback that, that ain't got no, know what you want to be. <laughs> know, know what you want to be first. Know which direction you want to go. Know you're not winning a Super Bowl to this year. You're not winning a Super Bowl next year. But what, what direction do you want to go? That's number one. Number two, get you a quarterback. Yes, you have Gardner Minshew, but I think this year is important to see who is Gardner Minshew and and is he a starting quarterback. I don't think he he is a start. Well, he'll be good enough to be a starting quarterback the entire year and put the 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 Jacksonville in position to win uh, time and time again, but. Because I think the the defense, which has been a staple, is is not where it's at. So, get you a quarterback. I mean, you have Cam Newton just sitting out there, and Cam Newton would be to me a perfect position, a perfect place for for Jacksonville. I mean, like I said, you have a big uh, a big quarterback, big arm. Um, yeah, get get a, get a quarterback. And number three, stop talking. I feel, like I said, you had Jalen Ramsey, he's out of there. You had Leonard Fournette that's always talking. You have the front office that's always talking. You have players. So, like, just stop talking and, and, and focus, on the, focus on winning, man. Focus on what's important. Focus on winning. I think Jacksonville has been so 
distracted over the years that you know it's it's like they they forget that just what four year four three or four years ago they were a, a half away from being in the Super Bowl and now it looks like they're just regular old Jacksonville so that's Jacksonville number one know what direction you're going and stick to that direction even even though the direction ain't gonna be like a, a quick fix stick to that direction number two get you a starting quarterback we still we're, we're the the jury's still out on what Gardner Minshew is and how good Gardner Minshew is gonna be but get you a starting quarterback you know is Gardner Minshew that dude we'll see because if he's not, you still have Cam Newton just sitting out there. And then number three, just stop talking. Just stop talking. Let's move over to Cincinnati. Cincinnati has been, oh man, they've been God. They've been awful. Since they've been awful with talented players, and it's it's you know, <laughs> and, and they've done number one. They they've done the first step and get yourself a quarterback. Andy Dalton just ain't it. Andy Dalton wasn't it. Andy Dalton. Wow, he he's like a, a diet Pepsi Alex Smith. Wow, he's serviceable. He'll win you games, but he won't win you the big game, or he won't he won't do anything spectacular. They, they we think they did that in the draft by getting Joe Burrow. Of course, it's a wait and see process, but they got themselves the, the number one overall quarterback. We'll see how that goes. So they they already did number one. Get yourself a quarterback. Number two, sure up the run defense. Cincinnati was one of historically the worst running defenses in the last what 20 years last year. They were got I don't play football. I played football one year and I was a guard. I'm pretty sure if I played out there, if I played against Cincinnati last year, I can average at least 50 yards. Like they were that bad. And I I don't know. Yeah, they they got a couple. No, it's just, I don't know. They need to address that heavy. They need to address the run defense heavy, heavy. Because yeah, they got a couple of maybe one or two defensive players that could do damage um, in the draft. But no, they need they need to get Cincinnati isn't really a. a uh, high-profile destination for free agents. So I think that you need to either do some drafts, like, I mean, like, do some trades or use some future drafts. I don't know. But they need to share that up because if not, Joe Burrow can have... <laughs> Joe Burrow can play along... can have T.O., Randy Moss, and Jerry Rice as your top three wide receivers. They're not going to do nothing because that's how bad... Their 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 run defense was, so that's two. Assure of the run defense. Number three, and this is this is pretty important. Sure up the offensive line so Joe Burrow doesn't have to get tackled. Like Joe Burrow isn't running for his life. He's the young commodity. He is quote unquote the future of the franchise. You need to make sure you have offensive piece offensive line pieces around him where he doesn't have to be you know, uh, a Cam Newton 2.0, or he doesn't have to be a Matt Ryan 2.0. Like, get him an offensive line so he can sit back in the pocket. Because as we know, outside of A.J. Green, the the Cincinnati Bengals doesn't have a lot of wide receiver help. So he's going to need, they're going to need time to get open. He's going to need time to see them. So number one for the Cincinnati Bengals, 
and they've already done it. Get themselves a quarterback. They got Joe Burrow. We'll see how it goes. Number two, please, God, fix that run defense. That has been historically terrible. And number three, uh, sure up the offensive line so Joe Burrow doesn't have to run for his life. So Next up we have is Washington. Now, Washington, they, they, their issues are, are, they have some issues. They have some issues that aren't really as on the fieldy as we would think. Their number one issue is the owner, Dan Snyder. Dan Snyder, to me, Dan Snyder tries to be what Jerry Jones is. And while he succeeds in a lot of areas, he also fails in a lot of areas. Snyder continues to meddle in draft picks, meddle in free agency moves. When you're not really a football guy, yes, you own a team, but you're not a football guy. And yeah, you got rid of Bruce Allen. Thank you, Jesus. And that has been that has been a, that was probably going to be number two and three. Get rid of Bruce Allen, and you finally got rid of Bruce Allen. So we'll see how the new GM is. You got rid of the coach. You got Ron Rivera. You got uh, Del Negro. Like we'll see how that goes. But if Dan Snyder, if Dan Snyder, you can have Don, you can have uh, Hall of Fame Don Madden or John Madden. Rest his soul. You can have. You can have Don Shula as your quarter, as your coach. If you don't let them can make the decisions, they're not going to be good. It doesn't matter because if, if you if they don't trust you, if you don't trust them enough to make decisions, why hire them? That doesn't make sense to me. So, I think Dan Snyder and uh, you can as as much as Dan Snyder sees. The stuff, what happens around him when he makes decisions, I don't see why he continues to make decisions. Um, number two, I say I think you have to you have to get wide receiver help for Dwayne Haskins. First, we need to see the offensive line is decent. The offensive line is good. The defense is, is really good. Yeah, you have Terry McLaurin. but outside of him, you don't really have much wide receiver help, and I think that. With a young quarterback that is trying to develop, like a Dwayne Haskins, you want as much talent around him. So that's why I thought, you know, they did get a a, a wide receiver from Arizona State, I believe, in the draft, which he he could be good. But or was it? They got a they got a wide receiver in the draft. I'm not 100 percent sure where he went, but I do know that he was a decent wide receiver. And I want to we need to see how that manifests. But continue to get vet like quality quality wide receivers uh, around Dwayne Haskins so that, you know, the offensive line has, has been decent the last few years. The defense has been good now that you got Chase Young. Well, not now. They've been good the last few years, but you're just, you just continue to, you know, Jonathan Allen's been good. Uh, you have Chase Young now. Kerrigan's been good. You know, you, you need to sure the, the defensive line has been great. Uh, it's just, you know, get some wide receiver help around Dwayne Haskins. And the last part. The last thing you can do is sure up the back end of the defense, the cor- the safeties, the corners, because they have been getting torched the last few years. That their, Our defensive line has been incredible. I'm sorry. Washington's defensive line has been incredible. Has been incredible from, from the last, I don't know, let's say four or five years. They've been incredible. And they just got better with a Chase Young. 
But it's just our back end, our safeties, our corners continue to get torched, continue to give up huge plays. And it's like when you have a young offense or an offense that isn't on the same level as the defense, you want your defense to do its job. And there's been times that, I mean, I remember I was at the Monday Night Football game where Ha Ha Clinton Dix, he, he made like, he made our defensive First of all, we had him, but he showed what a defensive, like what it looks like to be a a solid defensive back or or a solid corner. It's like, come on, bro. Like we need for for Washington. A Dan Snyder need to get up out of there. I know that ain't gonna happen, but Dan Snyder need to get up out of there. Two, you need to. I think you need more offensive weapons and offensive pieces around Dwayne Haskins. I mean, yeah, you have Darius Geis. Yeah, you have uh, Adrian Peterson. You have Terry McLaurin, but it's like get more help around him offensively, and be sure up the 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 corners and the safeties, like the deep the back end of the defense, because that is that has been that has been a problem. Uh, you have the Jets, the Jets, uh, sort of like Cincinnati, Cincinnati, <laughs> sort of like Cincy, and, and sort of like the Eagles. Man, you have Sam Donald who had mono, but when Sam Donald's on the on the on the field. He's he's kind of like a Jameis Winston type. Like he's either really productive or really good, or he's making some horrible plays. And it's like, so I think number one, figure out is Sam Donald the dude for the Jets? Is Sam Donald the guy moving forward? If not, you can get a quarterback in the draft next year. Uh, you know, you you have depending on where you'll be, you you can you can be in play for Trevor Lawrence. You can be in play for a Justin Fields. Like, get yourself a quarterback if if Sam Donald's not it. So, number one, you have to see if Sam Donald's the dude. If not, I mean, you know, see. <laughs> like, if not, make, make the necessary moves. Number two, if Sam Donald is the dude, get some offensive help around him. Outside of Le'Veon Belt and Robbie Anderson, who I think is gone now, it's like, you don't have much. He doesn't have really much to work with outside of Le'Veon Belt. Like, get Sam Donald some help. Get him some offensive weapons. Get him an offensive line that their offensive line has been terrible. Like it's kind of like uh, Cincy. Their offensive line has been trash in number three. They're they're all right. Their defense hasn't been trash, but it's really their offense. So number one, I think you should get. Sam Darnold, you make sure Sam Darnold's the dude or not. Two, get some offensive weapons around him. And three, sure up the offensive line. The offensive line, he has been sacked way too many times. Way, way too many times. It's like, how how is it that, you know, you 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 invest in a franchise quarterback. We think you think that Sam Darnold's a franchise quarterback, yet you don't continue to help him get pieces around him. You don't you don't sure up the offensive line. Like so, like look at look at Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck was supposed to be a a once in a generation talent. Now he's out the league because you beat that he's gotten beat up from time like years and years. So it's just like you know, get him some offensive offensive weapons and number three, get him an offensive line. So, and the last team I'm going to talk about are the Texans. Uh, and here's the thing about the Texans. The Texans are not in the same category to me as Jacksonville, Cincy, Washington, or or the Jets. 
Texans were in the playoffs last year. Yes, they lost uh, <laughs> to uh, they lost to a Kansas City Chiefs team after being up what 20, 24 points. Um, the thing and the thing about the Texans really don't have they just have two, three. They have three. Never mind. <laughs> they have three. Number one. Why do you continue? Why do? You, why does Bill O'Brien have so much power? Bill O'Brien trades away your best, your second, first or second best player. He 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 hasn't shown the ability to make the smartest decisions as a GM. So why does he have so much power over your franchise? A franchise, by the way who has a Deshaun Watson, who is arguably a top five quarterback in the league when he's at his best. Yet, he hasn't done anything or proven anything to show us that he can be or is a top play, or like a top decision maker in the league. So why does he have all that control? So number one, take some of the, take a lot of, in fact, yeah, take a lot of the control away from Bill O'Brien. Like, Bill O'Brien hasn't proven that he should be making decisions like that. So why is he making decisions like that? Number two, get Deshaun Watson some 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 an offensive line. Yes, you 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 extend Laramie Tunsil, but Laramie Tunsil like even with Laramie Tunsil, Deshaun Watson was still sacked multiple times. Like it's like or or at a high volume. It's like you have a quarterback that is one of the top quarterbacks in the league get him some it's kind of like Sam Darnold uh, what we just talked about get him an offensive line man it's like what are you doing what are you doing like <laughs> it's I, I'm tired of seeing incredible plays that Deshaun Watson makes after his offensive line breaks down and he has to break two or three tackles and makes an incredible pass that shouldn't can that shouldn't happen that should not happen damn near every every week. You know what I mean? So get him off the line. Number three. I don't know how many years the Texans defense has been trash. But it's been trash. The Texans defense has been horrible for years and years now. And it's like, what what is going on? Why is it that your defense sucks so bad? It's like... It's like I and why is it that I I don't feel like they've addressed the defense as for as long as Deshaun Watson's been there. I mean, like you get off of you get off to DeAndre Hopkins instead of getting a first round pick, you get like a third or fourth round pick plus a David Johnson. What is David Johnson gonna do for Deshaun Watson when you have a twenty four or twenty point lead against the Chiefs? And then the Chiefs go on and score 51 points on you in a playoff game. It's like, what's going on here, Bram? What is going on here? Number one, number one, take some of the take the take the control away from Bill O'Brien because he has shown that he cannot do that. Number two, get Deshaun Watson the offensive line. I w- number two can also be get him some offensive help. Yeah, you have Will Fuller. Yeah, you have Kenny Stills. But both of them have not shown a propensity to stay healthy. And after trading away DeAndre Hopkins, it's like I would say get some wide receiver help, but it doesn't look like that is a priority for you. Um, 
And so, yeah, number two, get an offensive line. And number three, finally fix that defense. Because I think if the defense is sure, like if you sure up the defense, it's like then I think that the, the Texans can be Super Bowl caliber team, can be a Super Bowl caliber team. But if you don't, it's like, you know, what what the hell? So, those are my five. Those are the five franchises I decided to help. I mean, I know this. Hey, this is it's, it's free free smoke. You know what I mean? Free free help. You don't have to listen to me, but I mean, I feel like I gave you guys, as in these teams, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Washington Redskins, the New York Jets, and the Houston Texans. I feel I gave you guys the blueprint of success. Now just go do it. <laughs> you can lead them to water, but you can't get them to drink. So, so yeah. Um. Moving forward, uh, let's go to the last dance. As we've known, we, we talked about this for the last, what, few weeks now. Um, four weeks, I think. Michael Jordan, The Bulls, The Last Dance. That has been a great documentary uh, that's been aired on ESPN. I like the rawness of it. I love how it's been filmed. I love the, the footage that we're getting. I love the behind-the-scenes uh, look on, uh, on one of the greatest teams ever. And one of the best, one of, if not the greatest friend, uh, dynasty ever. Now, week seven, I mean, week seven, episode seven and eight focused on Michael Jordan retiring the first year or first time retiring, going over to baseball, which by the way, he was a trash baseball player. I don't care what that talk showed you. Michael Jordan was not good at baseball. Now, of course, I wouldn't expect him to be as good as baseball because, I mean, he's played basketball his whole life except for when he was young, but... Yeah, it focused on him playing baseball, focused on the coaching job that, you know, the how the Bulls fared with him gone. It focused on, of course, the passing of his father and how we, yeah, how we handled that. And it also focused on Michael Jordan coming back uh, and, and the hurdles and struggles that it took for him to come back. Uh, and here's a couple of takeaways I had from the, the documentary. This one point kind of goes with another point. Is I don't know about you guys, but it seems that Michael Jordan. First of all, let me say this: Michael Jordan's in a category of his own. Now that does there, there there's argument that who's the greatest of all time? Is it Jordan? Is it LeBron? Is it Kobe? You can have those arguments. And when I say he's in a class of his own or he's in a league of his own, I'm not saying it as like he's the greatest. What I'm saying is what we've seen in this this documentary is that Michael Jordan has a level of of competitiveness that we have never seen yet kobe was closest to that but we've never seen somebody like michael jordan competitive wise we we've seen trash talkers like gary payton which was funny when he laughed gary like he laughed at gary payton after watching that was that was the 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 highlight of the of the night but um you know you have trash talkers like gary payton kevin garnett um you know Joakim Noah when he was when he was doing this thing, but the level of competitiveness and the level of 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 the level of focusness that Michael Jordan brought to the game and brought to brought every night was second to none, and that kind of goes to my to another point is it seems that I don't know I don't know if it's just me but it seems like Michael Jordan was insecure. When I say insecure, 
Michael Jordan's main focus and main goal was to win a championship. And that that is what he pride himself on. That's what he predicated his his entire career on is winning a championship, being the best that he can be, getting the best out of everybody. But it's like outside of basketball, he didn't look, Michael Jordan couldn't go out, couldn't really go out like that because he was he was the an icon and and, and once you step out of your door, it's like you have cameras shoved in your face. Um we saw how now of course it's 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 a death it's a passing of of a father or a passing of a family member. We know that'll hurt anybody. But we saw, you know how he was. He really wasn't able to cope because his dad was by his side. We remember we remember when he, when he did the whole Republican wear shoes thing. His dad took the took the fall for it. Like his dad was the one that answered a lot of questions for him. So his dad was like his rock, and his dad was like his safety net. And it's like when his dad left and. You saw, like, I feel like when when you talk about when when we talk about basketball, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan is supreme confidence. Michael Jordan is is arguably the greatest of all time. Michael Jordan is the greatest competitor of all time. Michael Jordan is on a level that we've never seen, and we, I don't think we ever will see. Hell, we saw, like I said, every one of his play, every one of his teammates that there was a fear that we had. A talk like when we were around Michael, you know, because Michael expected greatness, and if you were on, if you were not on his level, which nobody could ever get to his level, it's like he would give you hell, or he would try to try to pull the greatness out of you. Which basketball, basketball wise, it's like he was at the top of his game; he was at the top of the world. But it's like personal wise, like personal personal life, it seemed like he was a little in, insecure, man. It felt like he. Which, you know, rightfully so, not saying that's like a like like a like a negative or shot against Michael Jordan, but it makes sense when, you know, you really don't have a personal life. You don't everything that you do is while there was no social media back in the day, every time you step foot out your house you have a thousand cameras in your face. They they were blaming him, you know, all the conspiracy theorists and, and newspapers were blaming uh blaming Michael Jordan for his father's passing. It's like or blaming his gambling debts and stuff to his father passing, like it's like when you deal with all that, I can see. I, I just feel like it's it kind of shows, especially in his personal life. Michael Jordan was a little bit insecure, so but Michael Jordan was also in a class of his own when we talk about his competitiveness and we talk about how great Michael Jordan was and how he approached the game. Hell, we talk, they talked about um when they went up against the Supersonics and. George Carl, all he had to do was say hello, and he didn't, and then he murdered them. So, you know, was it the Supersonics? Yeah, and George Carl. So, you know, that's 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 how it was. So, um, another another takeaway I got from it was Horace Grant was more important to the NBA than I originally thought. Horace Grant was drafted, I believe, in 1987 with Scottie Pippen. He was a big part of. The Bulls winning uh, three in a row. He went to the 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 Orlando Magic, and while he didn't, they didn't win. But he was a very important uh, piece in developing a young Shaq, a young Penny, a Nick Anderson. Like he was really important in that, and he was a big reason why the the Orlando Magic beat the the Bulls once Jordan came back. Now, yes, Jordan was tired and everything, but. Or he didn't have his playoff legs with him, but I think that 
Horace Grant was more important to that than than it was really, of course, demonstrated. But Horace Grant was was wildly important. And then Horace Grant, people forget Horace Grant was on those championship teams with the Lakers when when he played with Kobe and Shaq. Like it's Horace Grant has has Horace Grant's done, done some winning in in the NBA, man. So yeah, I, I was like, oh dang, I totally forgot about Horace Grant was on the 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 Orlando. Now wait, wait. Horace Grant was also on the Lakers. Like, Horace Grant did some winning, bro. So he's a lot more important in the NBA than I originally thought. And uh, I guess my last takeaway, well, my last takeaway is Phil Jackson really is the greatest coach ever. Now, there's I've, I've kind of gone back and forth between Phil Jackson and Greg Popovich. But I have to go against Phil Jackson. I have to go with Phil Jackson, man. I, it's not just the way that, you know, the way that he approached the game, it's not just the winning, but it's it's the way that he's able to bring the best out of people or get the best out of people and and see you for face value. Like he's able to connect with the Michael Jordan, just like he's able to connect with a Dennis Rodman. He's able to connect with a with a, uh, a Kobe Bryant, just like he's able to connect with a with a Shaq. It's like and we kind of saw when the year that Michael Jordan left, it's like he was able to connect with a with a, a Scottie Pippen, with a Steve Kerr, with a Dennis Rodman, with with a Ron Harper, like he was able to connect with that, and he was able to to, to he's able to see you at face value and, and get the best out of you, and and he doesn't he's not going to expect like he's not going to expect Dennis Rodman to drop thirty, he's not going to expect Steve Kerr to to go ISO fifteen times a game, he's not going to expect Scottie Pippen to drop fifty five on your head, but. He's gonna get bring the best out of you, night in and night out, and and you're gonna want to run through the run through a wall, run through a wall for that guy. So this dog has really shown me. Yeah, I, I was always I was always on the fence. Like I mean, Phil Jackson had Scotty Pippen, he had Michael Jordan, he had Shaq, he had Kobe. Like come on now, he had Pau Gasol, like Lamar Odom. Like he he's had players, but I'm really starting to see like. He is he is the greatest coach to me ever. So that's what I'm that's what I'm you know that that's that's one thing I've taken from the die. And lastly, the MVP of the night was LeBradford Smith. I'm a Washington fan. Never in a million years did I expect to hear Washington Bullets LeBradford Smith in a Michael Jordan Bulls doc. That is the MVP of the night, man. That is the MVP of the night. Um, yeah, yeah, LeBradford Smith. I, I totally forgot about that name until they said it. I was like, oh snap, I forgot, I forgot about him. Now, of course, this is before I was born, but I, I know about you know being a Washington fan. Of course, I know about LeBradford. Not saying he was like a Washington staple, but I, I know, I know who LeBradford is. So, yeah, shout out to LeBradford. Um, moving forward, UFC two forty nine happened. I think that's like the first sporting event ever since this the whole situation that was going on with the world, and I think they did really well. Yeah, it was it was a little tough watching uh, watching it with no fans because we know fans kind of bring it energy, kind of bring it life, and you know they made jokes about it when Homie won. They were like, you know, congratulations to you in front of no fans, which was funny, but I think they did they did a pretty good job. Uh, I'm not gonna break down all the fights because trust me, I don't remember them all. I, I remember there were a couple knockouts, a couple upsets, but 
I think that UFC, they have started something that could be the, this, this could be the start of sports coming back, you know. I don't know if I'm ready to see the NBA play in front of fan, front, in front of no fans, but I'm ready to see some type of like I'm I'm not tired of it because there's a lot of sports, but I'm 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 slick kind of tired of seeing reruns and 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 running and and old games. But you know, shouts out to UFC uh, for being the first sporting event to uh, come back in in the midst of everything that's going on. So. I think I think they did pretty well. Uh, it was one of the highest watched uh, sporting events or UFC events. I think it was the highest watched UFC sporting event, if I'm actually not mistaken. But shout out to UFC. And lastly, before we go, uh, Bleacher Report came out with this thing today or yesterday. I'm sorry, where they, I guess, constructed a starting five of the decades. Um, and there's not much wrong with it. I mean, you have the pre-80s, you have Oscar Robinson, Jerry West, John Havlicek, uh, Elgin Baylor, and Bill Russell. I have no problem with that at all. The 80s, you have Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, uh, Chuck Hayes, and Moses Malone. I have no problem with that at all. John, uh, the 90s, you have John Stockton, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen. Charles Barkley and Hakeem Olajuwon. I have no problem with that. The only thing I will may, maybe say, if I want to go back in the '80s, I might take off Havlicek and put in Dr. J. Now I understand Havlicek winning wise. I get why he's on there, but I might have put Dr. J. Uh, the 2000s, you have Steve Nash, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Tim Duncan, and Shaq. No problems there. Um, if you want to award Steve Nash for the winning, you know the two MVPs. I get that. You could also put a Jason Kidd, maybe. Um, but yeah, I don't have no problem with that. Here is where the people went crazy. As in, like, the fan. All right. So the 2010s has Steph Curry, uh, James Harden, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, and Draymond Green. Everybody went crazy when they heard about Draymond Green. I understand why Draymond Green's on there. You know, he won three championships. You know, the 2010s is the era of the small ball or the positionless basketball. So I understand why Draymond Green was there. I understand why Draymond Green made it over a Anthony Davis and made it over a uh, Joel Embiid or something like that. I get it because of the winning. Now, if we're talking about pure talent, then no. Draymond Green should not be, to me, on this list because you have an Anthony Davis who's better. Hell, you have a, a, a Jokic that's better. Um, but I get why he's on the list. You know, defensive specialist, three-time champion. Uh, and, and the 2010s is defined by position as basketball, which is why I believe, if, if hold on, which is why you, I think they put, they put LeBron James as, as power forward. So, like I said, positionless basketball. Um, I get it. Uh, I if we're just talking about pure talent, I would put maybe Anthony Davis uh, over a Draymond. You know, maybe I would put Anthony Davis over Draymond Green if we're just talking about pure talent. But I understand where they were going when 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 they're talking about the 2010s. So I get why a Draymond Green made the list. So I ain't got a problem with it. Um, and there you have it, man. Uh, I appreciate you guys for listening. I appreciate you guys for for tuning in 
please subscribe to wherever you listen to this, whether that's Apple Podcasts, whether that's Spotify, whether that's um, SoundCloud, whether that's YouTube. I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. Please subscribe. Please share. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Uh, you know, if you guys like what I'm doing, share it. I, I appreciate it. I love what I'm doing. I enjoy talking about sports. I enjoy giving you guys however long this is. Uh, I, I enjoy talking to you guys week after week about sports. Um, again, please subscribe to wherever you're listening to this or, or watching this. Please share it. And uh, yeah, man, uh, come back next week. So until next time, much love. <laughs>